Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. All right, let's go. Welcome, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott, and technical producer Angie Quinnell joining you on Oilers Now, which is brought to you by World of Spas. We are jam-packed coming up on today's show. In about uh, four minutes' time, we'll hear from Edmonton Oilers forward Connor Brown, who today, on the opening day of training camp, opened up on a line with Evander Kane and his former Erie Otter teammate, Connor McDavid. At 5.15 today, 2023 Oilers Hall of Fame inductee Doug White will join us. Um, at 5.35 for Century Casino, uh, Sports Bar and Lounge, we'll have Ron McLean on the show. At 6.05 for GCL Diesel, Sportsnet color analyst Lloyd DeBrusk. At 6.35, Edmonton Oil Kings head coach Luke Pierce is they have a home-and-home home to open up the regular season this weekend with Red Deer. Reed Wilkins will make an appearance with a crossover, and we'll get to some comments from Jay Woodcroft. we got a lot going on. Uh, let's get right to it. Again, this is Oilers Now, brought to you by World of Spas. You can reach us at any time on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. Don't miss Ruben and Clay 20, the tour live at the River Cree, Saturday, September the 30th. Get your tickets now at therivercreeresort.com. The River Cree Resort and Casino Excitement. Bet on it. And you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors. Get the floors you always wanted. 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, or head to ashleyfinefloors.com for more information. Straight into our top story for legacy heating and cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need... Get it. With no payments and no interest for a year, that's how you build a legacy, legacy heating and cooling. Here's the deal. Here's what the Oilers rolled out with this morning. Um, at uh, geez, uh, They got it started a little bit early, around 9.22. Connor McDavid up front with Evander Kane and Connor Brown. Leon Dreisettle with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Zach Hyman. Lane Peterson in what appeared to be a spot filler with Warren Fogle and Derek Ryan. Brandon Sutter in on a PTO with Dylan Holloway and Matthias Janmark. Brad Malone with PTO Adam Ernie and Raphael Lavoie. Nurse was with Bouchard. Kulak was with CC. Broberg was with Dayernay. Niemalainen with Gleason. Campbell and Skinner were the goalies. Uh, no Ryan McLeod today as we go into the audio vault for direct workwear. Announcing their women's only workwear store now open, located four doors north of direct workwear location on Gateway Boulevard. Find out more at womensworkwear.ca. Here's Jay Woodcroft today on McLeod's absence and injury. In the last couple of days, he just had a little, little, uh, how would I phrase it? Probably um, um, soft tissue tweak. And out of precaution, we're just holding him out. We'll see. Is day to day for him from the those hard captain skates? No, you know, I I don't know when it was, um, but uh, yeah, he's just he's just out of precaution. We're just trying to be smart about it, and um, you know, he I think he's feeling pretty good. He's getting better every day, so we'll see. And I think we can see that he's going to end up centering Fogel and Ryan to start uh, the preseason. That's who he finished up with. They had a very good uh, metrics, possession metrics um, against the Vegas Golden Knights. Speaking of possession metrics, the Edmonton Oilers announced Michael Parcati as we bring aboard Brendan Escott. Geez, we would have heard that name multiple times over the last couple of years as a potential director of analytics. And so it ultimately comes to fruition. Where have we heard that before, Brendan? <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, you don't mind tooting the old horn. Hey, it's all right. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> you know, I'm really happy for Michael. The guy cares. He worked for Suncor for a number of years. Uh, it's a good opportunity for him. So, mm-hmm. I, I, and I think another illustration of maybe how Jeff Jackson's doing things differently. Your thoughts on Connor Brown with Connor McDavid and Evander Kane to start preseason and, and the training camp? Well, you signed Brown because of his relationship and because of who he is as a player, but also because of his previous relationship with Connor McDavid. So why not see what kind of chemistry those two can start to muster right away? I like that they're giving him a chance in the top six out of the gate. Why not? Let's uh, let's see what he can do in that sort of setting. And uh, I mean, if, if you can get an Evander Kane-Connor McDavid combo for the course of this season, I think that's where you see Kane, if he's healthy enough, uh, return to 30 goal scorer oh, yeah. status. I like that. All right, let's get to a sit-down one-on-one conversation that we had after today's first day of uh, on-ice sessions in training camp with Connor Brown. Connor, opening day of uh, training camp on the ice. Do the players read as much into seeing who they're paired up with on line combinations as maybe the media did? Because today, obviously, you started with Evander Kane and a guy by the name of Connor McDavid. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I you, once you get a little in the league, you realize that things change pretty quickly and uh, throughout a season. But to be able to start with those guys, I see myself fitting in really well with them. Um, you know, I, just the way that those two guys play, I feel like I can play off both of them really well. And um, so it's just about finding chemistry as quick as possible. Yeah. Uh, I guess the obvious question is, given the significance of the injury that you had last year, uh, you know, Tony ACL, a thought on where you're at right now. Are you at 100%? What's this journey been like to sort of rehab and get up and back up and running? Because you look like you were moving pretty good out on the ice, but you're the guy that's, you know, carrying the body. How's that going? It feels good. You know, I feel good. I feel... Um you know, I feel like I'm 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 uh, I'm moving well out there. You know, I, I, there's no hesitation in my game. Um, you know, maybe that last five percent of explosion, trying to just earn that back. That's the only kind of thing that uh, that, you know, and I think that'll come and it will come. And so, uh, but I, you know, there's no hesitation in my game right now. I feel really strong. I feel confident on the ice. Um, you know, I, so it's it's just exciting to be back out there. All right, uh, I got to ask you this: When the first time you saw. McDavid, when you were in Erie, because you guys had, had a tough year, yeah. the year you ended up getting them. Yeah. Did you know right away? Like, could you tell right away when that kid stepped on the ice that this guy was going to be pretty special? Yeah, yeah, you can. I mean, you see the way his hands and feet moved together and uh, at the rate of speed he did, and it was the same way when he was 15. Um, you know, he, he would square up to guys and he'd go left, right, and make guys miss, draw in the second player, soft passes all over the ice. He was doing all the same things um, that he does now when he was 15 years old. So it was pretty obvious to, to everybody in Erie what a, what a special talent we had. And I, I felt pretty grateful to, you know, be his captain and, and try to um, help him along and, and help him help me along as well. We're joined right now by Connor Brown and Oilers now Bob Stoffer with you. Uh, Chris Knobloch, you know, I've known Chris since the late 90s when he was yeah. playing at the University of Alberta, and I was doing their games at that time, and he ended up in Erie, and it wasn't an accident that he ended up here. There, yeah. The Oilers played a factor in that, as you know, yeah. they helped Sherry Basson out. I remember he called me and he said, Bob, I'm coaching possibly the greatest player that's ever going to play in the history of the game. Oh, by the way, there's another guy on the team who's a six-round pick, and that guy is going to play, and that yeah. guy was you. What were the keys for you in terms of transitioning and becoming an NHL player? Because you know, the, the going rate on a six-round pick playing more than 100 games in the NHL is about 7%. And, uh, you know, if you had a couple 20-goal campaigns, and what do you think were the attributes that helped you in your journey to make it? Um, yeah, I think that 
for me, uh, you know, getting drafted in the sixth round, and, and before then, you know, I was drafted the 13th in, in the OHL, but it wasn't really, it, for me, it was just a matter of time to, to kind of catch up. I felt like I was behind as a, a young kid, uh, grow late, and so when I saw myself drafting the sixth, I didn't really think of anything of it, just that it was, I just needed more time than, than a lot of guys did, and um, just put, you know, just put the work in year after year, and uh, just kept knocking at the door, trying not to be denied. And um, you know, and like you said, I had the opportunity to work with some really great people, um, and Chris Knobloch being one of them, he was a, you know, a tremendous influence on my career and, and helped me big time. You know Jeff Jackson. He's come to the organization as well. He went from representing you to now being the guy overseeing at, at the top of the organization. Just a thought on the opportunity that's ahead for the Edmonton Oilers this season. The reality is, you can only take it. I, I hate to. You know, you can only take it one day at a time. You can't sit there and say, well, it's all about the cup. There's going to be steps along the way. But just, you know, you chose to come here. You could have gone anywhere. Uh, there is a pretty unique chance here, isn't there? Absolutely. I mean, it's, yeah, it, you know, it's such a storied organization. I mean, um, you know, what this team means to this city and what this team really all really has meant to Canada and over the years and um, to have an opportunity to represent that and, and to play around, uh, you know, alongside two of the best players in the world, um, you know, it's a, it's a unique opportunity, and I wasn't naive to it. And, um, you know, I think that we're building something pretty special here, and I feel grateful to be a part of it. There you go. That is Connor Brown of the Edmonton Oilers. It's 515 in Edmonton. When we come back for Will Hawk Beef Jerky, our headliner today, Doug Waite, uh, who will be enshrined as uh, the newest uh, member of the Oilers uh, Hall of Fame coming up on October the 26th when the Oilers play the Rangers. This is Oilers Now. Yes, this show is available over the air, which means it has traditional uh, broadcast measures, but you can also check us out on Apple Podcasts. We're currently, I think we're third or fourth in terms of the most podcasted shows in Canada. So uh, when uh, the only guys ahead of you consistently are uh, the likes of Spit and Chicklets and uh, Elliot and Jeff Merrick's 32 Thoughts, so you're going to take that. That's uh, But that speaks volumes uh, of the passion in oil country. And nobody knows that better than our next guest. Uh, he is the newest member of the uh, Oilers Hall of Fame. Yesterday we talked to Charlie Huddy. Uh, but for a lot of you who missed the Oilers dynasty years, Doug Waite was one of your first heroes. He led the Oilers in scoring seven out of eight seasons. Uh, he is our Oilers now headliner today for Will Hawk Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Will Hawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. We welcome back to Oilers now. Doug, wait. Doug, it's Bob. How you doing? What's up, Bob? How are you? I'm doing great, thank you. I'm doing. I'm doing good. Uh, I'm super stoked uh, to to see you and Charlie get added to the list. As you know, I'm privileged to be one of the uh, selection committee members on that. And uh, I think for the younger generation of fans, and I'm sure you hear it once in a while when in your. I know you're doing some work now for the Sharks, but uh, th- there's a whole generation of Oilers fans that sort of grew up in those uh, late '90s, early 2000s years, and you were their guy. And you know what it's like here. You played here. You and Bill Guerin totally embraced playing in Edmonton. You know how special it is here in Oils country. Just a thought, first of all, on uh, on going up in the Oilers Hall of Fame. Well, I mean, quite, you know, you know, I'm going to tell you what an honor it is, but uh, I don't know that uh, there's any other word you can put. Like, it's uh, such a great uh, tradition of the Oilers, so many great players. Uh, so many great people, frankly, that have been involved with the organization, great fans, great city. So uh, I feel like to be able to play nearly nine years there uh, was just beyond special. And, you know, this is uh, this is more than I could ever ask for. It's really, uh, 
very proud of the accomplishment and then uh, even more proud that I was able to wear the jersey with so many uh, really great friends and uh, have my family be a part of the city and um, you know proud of what we accomplished is when I was there it's just a, it's a great honor when I tell you that there's a lot of guys that are now in their 30s that you were their favorite player, or maybe in their early forties, you kind of you kind of chuckle, right? Like you think, really? But I'm telling you right now, that's that's the the mindset we did. We yesterday we, we asked people on our Ashley Fine Floors text line, name your favorite uh, non Oilers sort of dynasty player, and you were right up there with Ryan Smith. Uh, Bill Guerin got Kelly Buckberger got some votes, even though he won a couple of cups at Edmonton. Does it? Does it kind of? I mean, I can hear you laughing. Is it? Is is it kind of humbling to a certain degree? That wasn't laughing. That's choking because you're telling me that you know I'm trying to realize how old I am. But uh, it's uh, no, it's great. I think it's you know it, it's come to the point where I retired at age 40 and now I'm 52 years old and. You know, a lot of these kids, you walk into the rink and they don't know who you are, and that's that's great. That's about evolution of the game and, you know, where the game's gone. But, uh, yeah, those I wouldn't trade those years, and I wouldn't trade uh, the era I was able to, to play in and, and uh, the teams I was able to play for. It's just uh, it's awesome. It's great. To, uh, we had some great times there. And, uh, like I said, I was there until I was 30 years old, so I – I went through a lot of uh, growing pains, learned a lot from some great people, learned a lot from uh, my own ups and downs, and, you know, hopefully it made me a lot better. Uh, for me personally, as much as the 97 series, you know, against Dallas was awesome, watching you guys and Curtis Joseph stone Patrick Waugh, and I know he's Canadian, but he was, I wasn't the biggest Patrick Waugh fan, and, and I love Cujo because he was so understated and he was such a good teammate. That 98 yeah. upset against Colorado, and Colorado had an all-world team. Like, they had Forsberg and, you know, Sackick and all those guys. And you came back. You guys came back. I don't know if you were thinking you could do it when you were down 3-1, but that has to be. I mean, look, you, you had a couple other pretty good hockey memories somewhere else, including one that stings for Oilers fans. But that has to be one of the great upsets of all time. It just shows you, you get goaltending, anything can happen. Oh, Bob, without a doubt. I mean, uh, and to do it, you know, in the back-to-back years we did it and in the stage of really so i was just talking i was just speaking to someone about when i first went there and first went to edmonton i mean our first two years it was catastrophic but it wasn't we we learned as a as a young core we had some great older veterans that were just great leaders and they brought us in and showed us confidence as the organization did and they told us listen you guys are here and we're building around you and you know we're gonna we're going to battle, and this was before salary caps. So to go in, uh, I think we had probably 40, close to 40 less points than Dallas, and then to go in the next year and be down 3-1, I think between Sackick and Forsberg, they had about 21 points in the first three or four games. <laughs> and we're like, I don't know if we can stop these guys. But one thing about what's inherent when you're there in that jersey, and uh, it, it was just we were going to battle and we were going to be uplifted by the fans by that building, by playoff, uh, you know, they taught, which I think is drifting a little too much from our game, is that you, you got to get out of your comfort zone in playoffs, and you have to do more yeah. than than expected, not just in preparation uh, and, and to your strengths, but, you know, we had every guy that had six or more hits, and we had every guy blocking shots, and we knew we had to be better than the guy across from us in every shift, and for, for us to come back from 3-1 and uh, obviously, the way Cujo played was huge, but uh, 
far as I knew it, he was on our team. So it was uh, it was a great victory, and uh, that's one I'll never forget for sure. It's funny. I was uh, on the periphery then, sort of getting in the mix, and I'm going into year 16 doing color now for the Oilers, Doug, but I was doing Foncourt and stats for ESPN, and I'll never forget you guys were over 100 hits at home in game six against Colorado, and that was like midway through the third period. And the play-by-play guy looked at me, he's like, they're at 100 hits. Like, you were just, and it was every guy. Like, every guy was totally committed and just hammering the the crap out of guy. Of course, I'm from, uh, I loved it, right? I thought it was great. And that building never calmed down. I mean, uh, I think it was a 2-1 final, I believe, unless it was an empty netter. Yeah, yeah, you guys got him 2-0. Cujo uh, shut him out. He shut him out. Yeah. And it was a hockey game, too. I mean, it was every shift, uh, each line feeding off the one before it. Um, never a negative moment on the bench. And we just, we willed a, a win, you know, and we played against a superior, talented team and a team that really felt that they shouldn't be in that position. And we felt it. And it was uh, pretty incredible. Who knew we were going to have anything left in the tank going into game seven people ask but i think that's partially on the other foot too they're a little more veteran team and we took a lot of them and i think uh i think one thing we did in those two series uh you know you can talk about goaltending or officiating in any sport but i think we earned both those victories so it's a pretty you know for the fact that we didn't make the playoffs the first two seasons i was there and then with the core we had and the belief we had in each other for six straight years in that era uh, it was never easy making the playoffs, Bob. You know that. Like, yeah. We would, I bet you three of those years, we were probably four or five points out of the playoffs with two months left, and we just found a way. And, and uh, it was uh, it was just a great time to be an Oiler, that's for sure. And no salary cap, and you were playing, you're ta- you know, playing with a pocket knife going up against a gunfight with some of those teams like Colorado, Dallas. Those were big money, Detroit, big money teams in the Western conference back then and I remember when we had Wayne on when Daryl Cates was pursuing the Oilers and he said Bob he'll sign all of his best players now the cap made that happen but think of the I mean you're with the Sharks right now you guys are in a little bit of a rebuild I think that's fair to say and here are the Oilers mm-hmm. and and I'm privileged to watch I would assert to you Doug the most advanced player we have ever seen no one's been this fast this skilled with that type of vision we still got to build a team around them because I work for the club, so I'll say that. But it's pretty spectacular watch. You guys must just shake your head sometimes in that San Jose war room thinking to yourself, you believe what this guy can do? If I have an opportunity to watch the Oilers, I watch it. And uh, it's uh, it's spectacular. I think you've you've probably heard quite a bit up north from the best player to ever play to talk about yeah. Connor. And uh, I think it's uh, it's not... It's not unwarranted, and it's it's. Uh, I, I mean, everybody knows, but it's legit. I mean, the fact that what makes people great in a lot of situations is you can play with the puck at top speed or even gain speed, and your mind doesn't slow down. That doesn't mean that you can skate 32 miles an hour like he can. You know, so for him to be able to do it at his speed and the way he thinks the game, and really uh, the way he can distribute as well as score. Uh, you see it from a lot of great players that come through the league saying, I got to shoot more. I'm going to score. You know, Sydney says he's going to score more next year. He scores 55 goals. You know, like the great players do it. And he, uh, he comes back with something every year and he's better at it. And, uh, 
credit to Connor and, and uh, the type of person he is and uh, type of leader he is too as well. And uh, he's got a pretty good cohort there. Yeah. Uh, but it's a difficult job, you know, and it, it takes timing. It takes health. Uh, takes some bounces here and there. I think we all know that. And um, But uh, I'm pretty sure they're going to get it done because they're just that good. I hope you're right. I look forward to seeing you here uh, in uh, around in, uh, October 26. I think that's the night we're rolling out. You're going to be doing a couple more uh, interviews with me at that time, one for uh, Oilers Plus and then one for the show. Doug, much appreciate your time. Congratulations. And I'm, we're getting lots of texts here saying uh, super stoked that Doug White's going up in the Oilers Hall. It's awesome news. Thank you very much. That's really nice. You guys do a great job. I look forward to seeing you, Bob. Okay. All right. See you later. That is Doug Waite, who uh, yesterday, along with Charlie Huddy, uh, was inducted into the Oilers Hall of Fame. And he's our Oilers Now headliner for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. It's 528 in Edmonton. Uh, Brendan Escott, I'm going to squeeze him in here for a second. Brendan, who's got the global news weather traffic update kicking around today? We got Kevin Robertson one last time here. All right, Kevin Robertson up next. Ron McLean from NHL Hockey and Rogers at about 534.